Hi, it's great to be with you again today as we continue in our series, Life-Changing Lessons from the Parables, those stories that Jesus told, which were sometimes funny and sometimes very um, hard to listen to, all of them packing this powerful other message that was behind the story. And today's uh, story parable that we're going to be looking at is no exception. It's a very hard-hitting story for us, and it's called The Parable of the Unmerciful Servant. And Jesus tells this parable, this story, which is about forgiveness. He tells it in response to a question that is asked of him by the Apostle Peter. The Apostle Peter comes up to Jesus and he says, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? I think that Peter probably felt pretty confident that Jesus was going to say, oh, well done, Peter. Yes, that's great. Forgive them seven times. Um, I think he would have felt confident because seven times is a lot of times to forgive someone, don't you think? And it was certainly more than more times than was expected of, uh, of Peter um, in those days. And uh, it's like, I think, that, I think that there was something the Pharisees said about uh, forgiving not once, but being willing to forgive again. Um, and Peter like, you know, and, and even a third time, well, Peter just like doubles that number and then adds a bit, seven times, shall I forgive them seven times? But Jesus gives him a shocking answer. I tell you, Peter, not seven times, but 77 times. That is, um, huge. Can you imagine forgiving someone 77 times? Perhaps Jesus didn't mean the number literally. Perhaps he was saying, I just don't want you to count the number of times you have to forgive someone. Yet those numbers, 7 and 77, um, actually have some meaning in Scripture, and we come across them quite early in Scripture. In Genesis chapter 4, we read about Cain, who is a, a man that murders his brother, and he is punished by being banished from the land. And as he's leaving, he's afraid for his own life. He thinks that even though he's uh, banished, that if anyone finds him, they'll kill him. And God says that God will protect him. Um, up to seven times, he says, I'll protect you. A, a little bit later, um, a descendant of Cain, a man named Lamech, is one day talking to his two wives and he boasts. He says uh, to his two wives, Ada and Zillah, listen to me, wives of Lamech, hear my words. I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for injuring me. And if Cain is avenged seven times, then Lamech 77 times. He's saying, I, I don't need God to protect me seven times. I tell you, I will avenge the hurt which I have experienced 77 times. Um, now, well, that deeply contrasts with the kind of um, life and world and kingdom and set of values that Jesus was talking about in forgiveness. But this way of Lamech, this way of I will just keep avenging every time I feel hurt, seems to me to be more consistent with the human race. Um, this unforgiving nature seems more consistent with what it means to be humans. I think forgiveness is something that can feel quite unnatural to us. Unforgiveness, not being willing to forgive others, not being willing to show mercy, to, to, to treat someone 
not in the way they deserve but in the way they don't deserve uh, to be that forgiving kind of person does not feel natural to us it just doesn't seem natural it seems right if someone does something wrong that you that you get angry not that you forgive them um, but that you get angry with them and that you seek justice we are in an incredibly rights focused justice seeking culture and you know it only took me a few minutes actually on google to make an enormous list of words that we use um, regularly that we're very familiar with an enormous almost an encyclopedia of words that we have created um, around um, an unforgiving culture that we live in so here's a list that I made just very quickly words which are associated with unforgiveness um, words which are associated with a lack of mercy blame cruelty mercilessness censure accusation litigation intransigent pig-headed mutinous disaffected purgatory uh, ruthless cruel unrelenting pitiless vitriolic uh, someone with a chip on their shoulder recalcitrant unyielding factious insurgent sour crabby biting embittered hateful irreconcilable sardonic divided split hostile toxic estranged alienated divorced antagonistic so many words in just a few minutes that swim around this unforgiving unmerciful world that we live in and I think we drink the Kool-Aid of this kind of culture and attitude from a very young age and that's why this story that Jesus told Peter when Peter asked him about how often he should forgive someone is so hard-hitting for, for us, this great story about forgiveness. It struck me also that, you know, some of the best-known stories that Jesus told were about uh, forgiveness and showing mercy and the uh, not only to point to the character of God as being merciful and forgiving but also to uh, give us a message that we ought to also be merciful and forgiving people. Think perhaps the story of the Good Samaritan where the teacher in the law um, comes and he questions Jesus and, and Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan where someone helps someone uh, who's laying by the side of the road and other people don't help him. And Jesus says at the end of this story, now which of these people was the true neighbour to the one who was wounded? And the teacher of the law you know, has to confess, well, it's the one who showed mercy. And Jesus said, go and do likewise. Or think about the story of the prodigal son, where there's a son who arrogantly, unrespectfully asks his father for his inheritance early, not when he's dead, not willing to wait that long, but like, I want, I want my money now. And so the father gives him his inheritance and he goes off and he completely wastes it and he's destitute. What is the father's response? Um, not anger. The father wants to be reconciled to the son. The father waits in the driveway to his farm, hoping that the son is going to come home and that they can turn over a fresh leaf, um, waiting for his son to come home so that he can show mercy and forgiveness to him.
And we see these same characters of forgiveness and mercy in this story. So let me read it to you. I'm reading from Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, verse 23. Therefore Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since uh, he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. Now I'm told as I read commentaries on this text that owing someone 10,000 bags of gold was no small amount. 10,000 bags of gold was more than a person could repay in a lifetime. So this talk of be patient with me and I'll pay back everything was never going to uh, result in success. And it's like the master knows this. Um, the servant's master, it says, took pity on him cancelled the debt and let him go. He completely cancels the debt and lets him go. The point in this story um, is that the master showed mercy. The master knew that the servant was never going to be able to pay back all that he owed. And so he actually doesn't demand repayment at all. He cancels the debt and gives him a fresh start. How amazing, how merciful to cancel that debt. And it's not hard for us to, to think that this is like when God forgives us. Um, the Bible talks about sin as a debt, um, sin as a debt that we cannot pay uh, because none of us can go a day without failing to measure up to the goodness and holiness of God. None of us can go for a week without um, neglecting to display some aspect of God's wonderful character of mercy and love and justice. Um, we, we, we fail all the time in little and larger ways. And it's not hard when we read this story to think this is like how God treats us when we have um, a debt to God, a debt caused by our, our guilt and our sin. And God knows we cannot repay it, so he comes down. In the person of Jesus Christ, he, he becomes incarnated as a human being. That's how much he loves us. He relates to us. He walks a mile in our lifetime, in our shoes. And he pays our debt for us. He dies on a cross in order that we can have new life, in order not that we can repay a debt, but in order that we can have a completely fresh start. That, Jesus says, is what the kingdom of heaven is like, the place where the king of heaven rules and where his values are lived out is a place of mercy and of abundant, 77 times countless, forgiveness and mercy. Ah, quite amazing. And so we... We receive this mercy not because we've earned it, um, not because we're going to go on and repay, but just because God's character is so merciful and loving. Well, how should we respond uh, to such incredible mercy? Well, Jesus goes on to um, tell us how one way that we shouldn't respond as he goes on to uh, tell the rest of the story. So let me read it to you. 
But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins, only a hundred, not 10,000, only silver, not gold. He grabbed him and began to choke him, saying, pay back what you owe me. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. And that was probably an achievable aim. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. And the master is angry with the servant, saying, shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had with you? That's a right response, Jesus is saying. God has been merciful to us and we therefore should show mercy to others. And we read about this um, elsewhere. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Uh, we read in Micah the question, what does the Lord require of you but to walk humbly with God and to do justice and to show mercy? God values mercy and has been merciful to us. We read in Hebrews chapter 2 about Jesus Christ. For this reason, it said, he had to be made like them, humans, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God and make atonement for the sins of the people. God is a merciful God. Our Saviour is a merciful Saviour who has shown mercy to us and wants us to be people like that, who show mercy to others as well. Um, we're called God's children, not, not biological children. But in the sense that when you say of someone, well, they're a chip off the old block, God wants us to be, as his children, a chip off his old block, a merciful person, just as he is characterised by mercy. So I walk away from this story with two big thoughts. God is merciful and I am meant to show mercy as well. Lots of people get into the details of that parable, uh, looking at it almost mathematically. Well, you know, the, the master wasn't that kind. He did demand payment, <laughs> looking at it in so many ways. And um, parables are not mathematical uh, pieces of story where we find an equivalent to everything. They they pack a punch. They send a powerful message. And I think that the message of this is twofold. God is merciful and God wants us to not only receive mercy, but to be people who are merciful as well. But we find it hard to show mercy. We have, as I mentioned earlier, this entire vocabulary to describe our unmerciful, unforgiving natures. Why do we find it so hard to forgive others? Why do we find it so hard to be people who are merciful? You know, when you read in the New Testament about the way that Jesus was to others, his absolute disposition towards others seemed to be merciful and gracious. Uh, think about Zacchaeus, you know, who climbs up on a tree uh, to, to see what's happening and Jesus looks at him and Jesus' look is, it's personal, 
and he invites him and he says, I want to come and have a meal with you. Or when Jesus meets the lady at the well who's come, Jesus is there to get a drink. This lady has come to collect water and Jesus looks at her and his absolute disposition towards her, his attitude towards her is one of grace and mercy. And he goes on to talk to her about about the life that God is able to give her, a life that is abundant and overflowing. How can we be like that towards other people? Well, I know one thing because I fail at this all the time. When we're super busy, we don't give people that wonderful personal glance. We don't even stop to think about what our disposition is towards them. We're too busy trying to tick off our lists and get all our work done and get home to do this or that. Maybe that's a blessing of COVID-19 that for all of us, our lifestyles have slowed down a bit um, in lockdown because I think that being unhurried is an empowering thing to being people who have a disposition and attitude that is merciful and forgiving towards others. But there are other reasons why we find it hard flatly to forgive someone who has done us wrong. And, you know, some of those reasons relate to the fact that we seem to believe just overly simplistic and untrue slogans about what forgiveness means. So we'll say to ourselves things like, I can't forgive unless I forget. Really? Um, or I can't forgive if I don't feel it in my heart. I think you can still do something even if you're waiting for the emotion to catch up. Um, I can't forgive because that means I'll have to trust this person. Well, does it? Is that what forgiveness means? I can't, I can't show mercy because then I would be condoning what they had done. Oh, I don't think that when God forgives us, he's condoning what we've done. And yet why do we believe these simplistic slogans about forgiveness that aren't true and that actually create this incredible barrier for us in being forgiving to anyone else? Um, I want to read to you a story about another story, a true story, although the names have been changed or taken out. And it's a story about forgiveness that I read in this great little book, How to Forgive When You Don't Know How by Bishop and Grunte. I think I've referred to it before. Let me read to you this story. It's about someone finding the way to forgive. They write this. I was one of those children that other kids picked on. Where I grew up, if you got hurt, it was your own fault, and that's what my mother believed. So on top of being beaten by my schoolmates, I got punished at home for crying about it. My grandmother used to tell me to forgive them, and I did my best, but it was very hard. The worst time was when they dragged me into a hole and left me there to die. I really thought I would die there. Hours later, someone came and saved me, but that was the end of forgiving for me. For many years after that, I lived with pain and anger in me because I hated what had been done to me and I felt the rage was my only protection. I lived with that resentment for a long time. Reminds me of the story of Lamech. Only when I made a terrible mistake myself could I begin to let go. Quite young, I had a miscarriage and I feel that it was partly my fault because I didn't fully understand how an expectant mother 
needed to take care of herself and her health. My husband blamed me, and he was partly right. I begged him to forgive me, but he refused. I had a lot of time to think about what it was to have done something so bad that it took someone's life. When my husband finally forgave me, I felt as if a huge weight had been lifted from me. That's what enabled me to forgive my schoolmates. I never thought I had anything in common with them, but this and other experiences showed me how difficult it is to really know right from wrong when one is young or small or relatively powerless. And as bad as any of my problems have been, I feel the worst thing we can experience is failing to forgive. I also learned what an amazing gift forgiveness can be. Forgiving and being forgiven not only felt good, it allowed me to create a whole new chapter in my life. Now, perhaps you, like me, as I read that story, I thought, I don't know that it's right that she blamed herself for this miscarriage. But that's not the point. The point is what she went through gave her a sense of guilt and gave her an appreciation of what it felt like to have done something terrible. And it helped her to understand those who'd been terrible to her. And so she found in herself the capacity to forgive them. And to be good at forgiveness, um, we have to not only experience it, but we also have to give it. Uh, we have to give it too. I'll read you something else from this great little book. Um, we cannot articulate the exact nature of forgiveness because the more deeply we delve into it, the more levels and subtleties and possibilities we find it contains. It, it's some kind of energy. It's, it is a decision. It is a feeling. It's a mystery. Um, exceeds the ability of words to describe it. But many of us can relate to the experiences associated with forgiveness, connectedness, openness, acceptance, Oh, what a great new vocabulary of words that forgiveness gives us. Connection, acceptance, openness, peace, thoughts of goodwill, freedom, ability, agency to serve, equality, release, self-acceptance. Forgiveness is a wonderful thing. And I don't think it means forgetting. I don't think it doesn't, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to hold someone accountable. It doesn't mean that you're condoning what they've done. But it does mean that in your regard to them, in your disposition to them, each time you think of them or encounter them, you're not going to hold up this thing as a lens through which you look at them every time. Well, what a great and powerful story. Let me pray for us as we think about what it means in our own lives. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a God of mercy. We thank you that you offer us mercy. And today we want to claim it afresh. Please be merciful to us. Because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross, forgive us and set us free from sin and guilt. And Lord Jesus, thank you for this story we pray that we might not be like the unmerciful servant, but that we, having received your mercy, 
will cultivate within ourselves a different disposition towards people. Help us to be people who show mercy and forgiveness to others. Help us, Lord, to think about those in our own lives who perhaps we need to ask forgiveness of and of those that we need to forgive. Holy Spirit, be at work in our life to bear this fruit. We pray in the powerful name of our Saviour and Lord, Jesus. Amen.